more in this next half an hour that we've got together. We've been looking at this year, and it will continue to run throughout the year, where we're looking at a season of strengthening. We believe that God wants to strengthen us. Isaiah 54 talks about that we should lengthen the, uh, the, the cords and strengthen the stakes. And so in this year of, and season of strengthening, we want to particularly look at, of course, the church, strengthening the church, strengthening ministries, and everything that's associated with that. But actually, the focus and purpose uh, of my time this morning, and the purpose and focus actually, don't misunderstand me, is actually to focus on strengthening you. Because if you become stronger, then the church becomes stronger. Do you get that? It's no good to just concentrate, well, we're gonna, we want to grow the church, we want to get bigger. Well, of course we want to grow the church, and we do want to get bigger. But actually, the focus, don't misunderstand the guys who are going to minister around this. We want to focus on strengthening you. Because as you become stronger in all aspects of your life, I'm talking all aspects of your life. I'm not talking about your life here. I'm talking about outside of here. As you become stronger, then what will happen is that will then, uh, it will be a domino effect, and it will be, you'll become stronger in other areas. Yeah, do you get that? So that's what we want you to capture this morning. So this morning, just for a few moments, I want to just talk about how we can actually strengthen you. I was intent on Tuesday night, I was here, the kids were practicing and in meetings with Julie and other team leaders, and it was great to see just a lot of team leaders around on Tuesday praying, and thanks for all those who have prayed at other times as well, brilliant. But I was just in my office, and I was just preparing my ministry for, for, for this morning and for tonight. And really going down a celebration field. So I was going to look at how different people at different times through the Bible had taken moments to celebrate the goodness of God. And it was okay. It wasn't fitting and flowing together that well. But I felt like I'd got somewhere. For anybody who's ever done a message before, you know when you've got a flow and it's great and you can't stop yourself. And then there's other times you're literally having to dig something out. It felt a little bit like that. I was digging it out. But I, was, I wasn't far away. But on Wednesday morning... Something happened as I just looked out of our window as I held a coffee in my hand. And as I was reflecting on something and praying, and I found myself saying, I wonder if it's too late. I wonder if it's too late. And I was around this situation. I was just praying, I wonder if it's too late about. And then I felt the Spirit of God quicken me. And God says to me, it's never too late. It's never too late. Whew. Feel it now. Whew. God. So I, I, I just began to just pray and I went into the office and I have, we have a debrief meeting and, and I, I explained to the guys who were putting this meeting together what my theme is and I said, I know it's going to be a celebration but I just felt the Lord say to me that it's never too late. I, got, I don't know how it's going to come about but I just feel like I need to just speak into that. And it's not left me. And so that's what I want to talk about this morning. It's never too late. Have I got your attention this morning? It's never too late. It's never too late. 2 Corinthians in chapter 6 and verse 2 says this. I'm taking it out of context, but just go with me just for a moment. In the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. I want to repeat it again. For he says 
In the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. I wonder if you have ever found yourself like I did, saying or thinking, it's too late. It's too late. Many of us have have made statements like, it's too late for me to be a better person. It's too late for me to be a better dad. It's too late for me to be a better mom because the kids have grown up. It's too late for me to be a better husband because I've been a shocking husband. It's too late for me to be a better wife because I've not been a great wife. It's too late for me to get my finances in order because they're a mess. It's too late for me to get better, healthy, you know, healthy eating and healthy because just look at me. It's too late. It's too late. It's too late. I wonder if anybody's ever thought like that. It's too late. I've done it many times. I've thought to myself, I've said it, it's too late. On the screen, I want you to With a pad or with your electronic device, I want you to just write something down for me if you would. Or I want you to remember it in your mind. I hope we've got the slide. And it says this. It's never too late to... I don't know whether anybody's old enough to remember blankety blank. Blankety blank, blankety blank, doom, doom, doom. Blankety blank, blankety blank, doom, doom. Blankety blank, blankety blank, blankety blank. Blankety blank. Can everybody remember it? Anybody old enough to remember it? Oh, I want it, bro. It was, bro- it was classic viewing Les Dawson. Who, like, who loved Les Dawson? Les Dawson was a, oh, just hilarious. And Terry Wogan, good Sir Terry. I loved it. Even as a kid, loved it. And they used to, used to give you a word like check and then fill in the blanks. He could have book or, you know, all kinds of things. Well, we have our own blankety blank. I want you to fill in the blank. It's never too late to. What have you been saying about yourself? What have you been saying about that situation? What have you been confessing? It's never too late to. I want you to just, for a moment, for a second, just reflect upon that. Because for each person, it will mean a different thing. Now, I know, of course, now as you're doing that, as those who are writing it, or you're choosing not to write it, some of us would say, okay, well, this is really, really good, like motivational or speaking. And it's all right for you, Christian, but you don't know my situation. I understand why some people could say that because experiences, past experiences, negative experiences, frustrations. Anybody ever felt frustrated? Previous failed attempts. A lack of focus even, of many times caused us to quit. We've quit. And that's why we're in this position now and we're saying, it's just too late. I want to just speak to two things. I want to rush through this part to get to the second part because this is what I felt the Lord really talked to me as I've just taken the time from Wednesday even to this morning. 
Remembering, the Bible says now is the day of salvation. I always talk about salvation, but it's almost, you get the feel of that verse from 2 Corinthians. It's today, now. It can happen today. It can happen now. It really can. But there's two things that I want to focus on. The first thing I want to say is this. You see, I just think, as somebody who's just involved with people, I'm in the people business here. This is what my business is. If people ask me, I, 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 people have often said to me, so what business are you in? I say, of the people business. To try and just help them without saying I'm a church pastor, because that puts them off completely. I just say I'm in the people business. But I recognize something about people, because I'm one. Because I'm the same as you guys. You know, and often there can be something that's gone throughout the church that we ask God for everything. Now, don't misunderstand me. Just give me a moment. We ask God about, yes, we can talk to him about absolutely everything. But actually, we're asking him for everything, to do everything for us. You know, we sort this, we do that, we do the other, we do this, we do that. And the thought has lived with me for many, many years now is that we must stop asking God to do things that we are capable of doing ourselves. I'll say that again. I think we probably need to stop asking God to do things that we are capable of doing ourselves. Don't misunderstand me. He is interested in every area of our life. But this does not mean he is our personal butler or servant like you see on Downton Abbey. Or is a sugar daddy. Because he's not. He's given us intelligence, he's given us minds, he's given us bodies, he's given us common sense, and there are some things that he actually asks us to do. Now, he will help us in the doing of those things, but actually, I hear too many people praying about things when actually I don't, I'm not sure they really need to pray about them, they just need to go and do them. Please don't misunderstand me. Is there any misunderstanding there? Okay, good. Because I've done it. And there are three things I want to say to just address and to strengthen you in this particular point. Because there are some things that you can do and you know you can do. And God doesn't need to intervene because you can do them. Because they're in the natural. I'll come on to something else in a minute. They're in the natural. But in this strengthening of you in the natural, there are three things. The first thing is this, is a desire. Which is the starting point. You know, if we're going to say it's never too late to, and we're going to turn that on its head and say now is the day of salvation, we have to start with a desire. So whatever that means, if that's to get your finances in order, there are many people across this church, I don't say with any condemnation, you know, finances can be a little bit of a challenge and a mess, particularly in this climate that we're in, which hasn't been helped by people losing hours, losing jobs, etc., etc. It's a real challenge. Uh, me and Caroline live there as well. It's a challenge. But it's no good me just saying, well, God, get me out of this mess if we continue to perpetuate the mess. Are you hearing me? So we have to start with the desire. It's a starting point. It's saying, God, my finances are in a mess. Right, so what do I need to do to begin to just be strengthened in this area? So over the course of this year, we want to try and help people who aren't just in the mess, but just want to get stronger in this area of finance. 
It may be in relationships. You know, you just want to get stronger, but it starts with desire. So wherever you feel, so like if you're estranged from a husband or wife or son or daughter or relationship, it starts with the desire to say, okay, what do I need to do to try and get this back on track? Yeah, the Lord does need to help you with that relationship because some people, they just don't want to talk to us, do they? But God, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? If you've already done that, then you've just got to keep leaving that with the Lord. That is where, and I'll come on to that, the supernatural part of it. But if you haven't done that, first of all, you need to start in the natural. Am I making sense? So you must start with a desire. The second thing is for me is then that determination. That determination to say, you know what, I'm going to do what I need to do to see it through. Because I can make, listen to me, I've been in loads of services, too many. Where I've really felt, I'm listening like here and I'm really pumped up. I'm hearing the word of the Lord and I'm just impacted and I'm making a resolve. And yeah, I'm, emo- I'm full of emotion and I'm hearing this stuff. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then we end this final song and then I think, oh, I'll leave that till tomorrow. Anybody else been there? If we're going to see a change, it comes through desire, and then it comes through determination. Determination is this. I am going to do what I need to do. There's going to be a tenacity and a resolve. If I need to write a letter, I'm going to send that letter. If it's getting hold of that finance, I'm sitting down with my wife and saying, look, we're in a bit of a mess here. We need to get some help. But I'm determined to get some help. Yeah? Are you hearing me? So it's not just about desire, it's that determination. This is strengthening. I can't unpack all these things, and I know they're just headlines, just because of time. But there's no point just having a desire if we're then not determined to do these things. I'm going to be determined to do these things. And this is why we need the family, because we need encouragement, don't we? So Kev needs encouragement at times. And by the way, I need encouragement as well at times, because sometimes my shoulders are stooped down. And Kev's aren't, so he can encourage my heart. Yeah? So that's why we need to be together. So we need that desire. We need that determination. But then the third thing is we need that discipline. Oh, we hate that word. It's like a dirty word, isn't it? Discipline. Particularly when you're handling children. They don't like discipline. I've just had conversations with, they'll love me for this, with two of my girls walking through. Why are you saying that to me? You're always saying the same things. Yeah, it's called discipline. It's correction. And I will keep saying it until you get it. Anybody agreeing with me, parent? If you agree, that say amen. I'll keep saying it until you get it. Yeah? It's called discipline. It's called discipline. We don't like it because it's something to do with Adam. When sin entered us, We're a bunch of rebellious people, really. And there's a lack of discipline. There's a refusing of discipline. But actually, if we want to get where we need to get to and be strengthened, we need to be disciplined. You'd heard me say two weeks ago, we must make discipline a friend. Discipline is not an enemy. Discipline is a friend. Discipline doesn't need to be horrible either. Discipline can be good. It can be good. Receive it as a friend. Welcome it. Let it come by you. Let it sit with you in all aspects of our lives. Am I disciplined in every area of life? Not at all. But I want to make discipline a friend. I want to get more disciplined in all areas of my life. Listen, not regimental. I love spontaneity. I love randomness. I love being around people who think out the box 
because they stir something in me. I'm not talking about sergeant major kind of that kind of thing. And some of you have been brought up like that. I'm not talking that. I'm just talking about this discipline in your life. You understand that, yeah? So they're the things that I believe that can, in the natural, can help us. There's more that we could talk about in there, but they are so important. So, so important. And that is in the natural. Now, the focus of today, and you must understand me, although I've taken some time to talk about the natural, is actually the word of the Lord to me was that actually, Christian, as you deal with the natural, I'm also going to come in with the supernatural. Because we need the natural and the supernatural working together. David Sherman once coined a phrase, and it was a sermon title that's gone around the world, being naturally supernatural. It's a wonderful phrase. And that's what I'm talking about this morning. That we need to be in the natural doing all that we can to be strengthened so we embrace those things. We're not asking God to do things that we can actually do. But then we're saying in the midst of all that, God, I need you in every area of my life. And I'm needing the supernatural work of God. Or otherwise, you'll live like it's always too late. It's always too late. We recognize there are things that we can do, but there are also many things that only God can do. I'll say that again. Only God can do. There are many things that we have no control over. And this is when he does step in to show his power. I was reading this week, Job 37 verse 14, it says there, stand still and see the wondrous works of God. This is the supernatural work of God. You see, it's never too late. I'll give you an example of this. In Luke in chapter 23, you don't need to turn to it. We see the story. It's usually reserved for Easter time, which is a bit of a shame. But we see the account of Luke, the physician Luke, who gives us an account of not just Jesus being hung on a, upon a cross, but also a person either side of him. And they were thieves. They were robbers. They were criminals. These were legitimate people who were hung upon a cross. Jesus didn't need to be hung upon a cross. He hadn't done anything wrong. But these two men had. And one was cursing Jesus and mocking Jesus. But there was another one. And you know the story. What does he say to him? Jesus, will you remember me? Listen to me. He was hours away from death. He was hours away from death. But this thief recognized that he was next to the Messiah and actually it wasn't too late. It's never too late. It's never too late. And he called out to God because that needed a supernatural intervention. His body was going to die, but his spirit was going to be alive with Jesus. It's never too late. Some of you here have said it's too late for me in my life. You feel like you've gone so far. And God can't do anything with you. I want to tell you, God loves you with an extravagant love. It's never too late. Whatever your life, whatever it consists of, whatever you are doing, you can cry out to God and God can reach you where you're at. It's never too late. If you're here this morning, it's never too late. It's never too late for God to do something wonderful, truly life-changing in your life. I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end. To just respond to Jesus. It's never too late for you to know Jesus. And we see that wonderful account. I love it. But in these final few moments, I want to just take one particular Old Testament story. 
I wonder if I could just have it on the screen. Because it's in Joel in chapter 2 and verse 18. And then we'll go to 19 and then we're going to flick over to verse 24 and 27. So, then the Lord was jealous for his land and took pity on his people. This was basically the people of God who had just fallen so far away from God. They had no knowledge of God. They were just living their own lives, following idols and just living and not following Jehovah God. And God brought judgment to them. And then in verse 18, then the Lord was jealous for his land and took pity on his people. Verse 19. And the Lord replied to them, I'm sending you grain, new wine, and olive oil. Those were important ingredients. For now, that would talk about, I guess if God was saying this in the 21st century, he'd be saying, I'm going to send you houses. I'm going to send you a car. I'm going to send you clothes. I'm going to send you food, shopping vouchers from Tesco. I'm going to make sure you're okay. I'm going to put manufacturing into your land. I'm going to put resource into your country for jobs to increase. I'm going to send enough to satisfy you fully. Never again will I make you an object of scorn to the nations. If we can go to verse 24. The threshing floors will be filled with grain. The vats will overflow with new wine and oil. I will repay you. Oh. I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. What happened was the land was ravished by locusts. They sucked the life out of the land. Grain, wine, oil, so ate it all. Destroyed everything. They had nothing. Obliterated the land. And it was sent by God. God allowed it. God allowed it to happen as judgment to them. You see, we must understand if we keep doing what we're going to do, God will bring judgment to our lives. Listen to me. God will bring judgment to our lives. He's a God of justice. He's also a God of love. But he will bring judgment to us. I really believe that that's what we've been seeing over these years in the world. God's just rectifying. All last year I read about how God loves the poor. It's all in my Bible readings. That's all I kept getting. Every time I read it, I thought, God, will you not give me? It was away on holiday. It came again. I actually said to the Lord, God, will you not give me a moment's peace, please? Seriously. That's how I said. God, will you not give me a moment's peace, please? About the poor. Because that's all I kept reading. And it just came to me again while I, while I was away. Christian, I have to deal with what's happening around the world because they have forgotten the poor. We must not in this church forget the poor. We must not forget the poor. Whilst God blesses us, we must not forget the poor and the vulnerable in our society. And what had happened was here, going back to it, the locusts have ravaged the the nation he says they're the great locusts and the young locusts. They're all at it. The other locusts and the locust swarm. Do you get the feeling there's a lot of locusts? My great army that I sent among you. God allowed it to happen. Let's go to the next verse. But then he says, you will have plenty to eat. Why? Because the previous verses, he says, I will repay you for the years that you have lost. 
You will have plenty to eat until you are full. And you will praise the name of the Lord your God who has worked wonders for you. Never again will my people be ashamed. Just leave that verse on. Listen here. It's never too late. It's never too late. You might feel like you've been ravaged by a great locust. You might have been, years have been taken off your life. You might feel that you've made bad decisions and you have. You might feel like you've been led down the garden path and you probably have. You felt like you've been living in a cul-de-sac that God never intended you to be there. You're in a job where you shouldn't be. You're in a relationship where you shouldn't be. And you say, well, what's all the point of this? It's too late. It's never too late. God says... God says, I will turn this around. I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. Christian, are you serious? Yeah, time wasted. Relationships that have been broken. Money that's been stolen. Tears that have been shed. Lives that have been, have been abused. Innocence that's been stolen. Hearts that have been shattered. Hopes that have been snatched. These were just some of the phrases that I've put down. You say it's too late, Christian. It's never too late. I will repay you for the years the locusts have stolen. This is a divine, prophetic word. Fulfillment, happiness, peace, and prosperity will result in praises to God. You see there, you will have plenty to eat until you are full, and you will praise the name of Of the Lord your God. I want to say God is wanting to encourage us to be strengthened. You to be strengthened to do whatever you need to do in the natural. And there are some things you can do. But there's some other things that you can't do. There are some things that are beyond your control. And God says to us this morning. I will repay you for the locusts that have eaten from you. I've had locusts over my life. Anybody else hearing me? I've wasted time. I've had things snatched from me. Some of it has been my own stupidity. Other things haven't been. Some things God's trying to get my attention. But I want to tell you, I'm standing on the word of God this morning. We're standing on the word of God and saying, listen, I'm believing that it's never too late. And I'm believing that what was taken from us, we're going to receive back in Jesus' name. And we're going to be strengthened. And we're going to do it for the glory and praise of God. It's not so we get fat. It's not so we get all comfortable. No, that isn't why God wants to give us new wine and grain. He wants to bless us so we can be a conduit for blessing. That's why he wants to bless us. He wants to prosper your finances so that you then be a blessing to other people. That's been part of the problem. We've been blessed and we thought that's for us. No, it's never been like that. God says, I bless you to be a blessing. And it's amazing. As we receive in and give out, what happens? More flows in. I don't get it, but it happens. And I want to encourage you to stand on God's word. I believe supernaturally through the work of the Trinity of God. He enters our life. And our world. And he can powerfully bring change, restoration, repair and renewal. Where all hope has gone. Some of you have said, even this week it's too late. You've thought it from 13 into 14. 2013 into 14. 
but it's just another year. It's just the same old, same old. It's just too late. I've missed it. I've messed up. It's never too late. It's never too late. God wants to strengthen you. If you feel weak in this area and think, well, that's fine, Christian, but I'm trying to muster as much faith, but I can't get there. This is exactly where God wants you to be because it says in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, God says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. If you are weak, that's exactly where God wants you to be because he's going to come through strong. He's going to come through strong in your life. If you say, well, I, I, I don't know what to do. I come week after week, but it's just a mess. This is exactly where God wants you to be. All he wants you to do is just surrender and just say, God, I'm in weakness. But in weakness, God's strength comes through. And he says, I will repay you for all the years that you have lost in Jesus' name. As I close, there's one character I absolutely love. He's a king. Absolutely love him. He came from lowly beginnings, humble beginnings. And his name is David, one of the heroes of the Bible. I think at times David had moments where he thought it was too late. You see, David was one of the people who God says, this, I don't know anybody like David, he's a man after my own heart. But for those who know the Bible well, you know that David was unfaithful. He committed adultery. He came from a dysfunctional family. He had strained relationships. His son wanted to kill him. He had a complete lack of focus. He should have been out at war. and Instead, he was viewing a beautiful woman. And to top it all, he then goes and murders. He plans a murder. He's like a godfather. He doesn't do it himself. He gets his boys to sort it. This is David. So if any of those apply to you, God says, I love David. If you've ever been like there, God says the same to you. I love you. Nothing that you can do can stop me from loving you. That's why they're in the Bible. The Bible is the only religious book, you know, that shows the imperfections of the heroes. That's why we know it's real. Because if, it if it was fake, we wouldn't put all that stuff in, would we? We'd just tell them about David slaying Goliath and David doing this and that, part in the Red Sea. We wouldn't talk about Moses getting angry, would we? Anyway, I digress. And David says this, as I close. In Psalm 51, I don't know whether we're able to get it on the screen, verse 10 through to 12. He says this. Listen to the words. Create. First word, create. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Verse 11. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Verse 12. Restore, restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. The New King James Version says, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me 
by your generous spirit. Do you get the language? Create, renew, restore, uphold. David knew, and he wrote that actually from his adultery. It had just been opened by Nathan the prophet. And the story goes that Nathan the prophet starts to tell David his story. And David's incensed by the story and says, who is this man he needs to be killed? And Nathan says, you're the man. You're the man. You see, a baby die creates chaos in the royal household. Imagine how David must feel. Some of you guys have been there. I've messed up. Why would God love me? I was reading a story about a pastor this morning, just as I was in my office, deeply addicted to pornography. Sat on a regional council. And he sounds so, there's no children here, so so depraved, but he, he knew there was a place where they could exchange pornography. This is an American pastor. And he's just in sinfulness and went to this place. They're exchanging pornography with people who he doesn't know. And as he's walking by, a police car pulls him over, arrests him, because he must have been lewd behavior and whatever. And he says, I was there. My wife didn't even know I had a problem. Four kids. <laughs> he says, and I'm there. Thank God this man has found wonderful restoration because God loves him. And if that's your story, God loves you. There's nothing that can drive us from God. It just reminded me again of the brokenness of people. And David would have been there just in absolute brokenness and despair. You can just imagine him. It's too late, God. I've messed up. You've given all this to me. And look what I've become. It's too late. Some of you have done that. I've done it a few times as well. And this came out of a word of the Lord to me on Wednesday mornings. I peered out my window. And I was saying to the Lord, have I blown it? Is it too late? And God says to me, it's never too late. It's never too late. I wonder if we just bow our heads. This is a word for you. I don't need to recap. If this is a word for you this morning, talking to Christians now, first of all, I will not ask you to come to the front, but I am going to ask you to do something bold. If you've just said to yourself, Christian, I need to receive this word. I want the years to be restored. I'm going to do all that I can do, but I need God, the Holy Spirit, to work in my life. Stand to your feet if you're able. If you're not able to stand to your feet, just raise your hand where you are. Just stand to your feet. If you've said to yourself, it's too late, it's never too late. Please don't be embarrassed. Don't feel ashamed. There's nothing to feel ashamed. If I was there, I'd be standing. I am standing. Just take for a moment, Andy, if you just keep playing... I want to believe supernaturally because this isn't now my territory. This is his territory. This is his territory. So Holy Spirit, come on, let's just pray. Holy Spirit, I pray now. Holy Spirit, God, you would restore, you would renew, you would repair, you would refresh you would do something new in these precious people's lives supernaturally. 
you'll restore and repay them for the years that have been lost. Things that have been stolen from them, they're going to be restored. They're going to come back in Jesus' name. Particularly years, some of you are standing because you've wasted years. Years are going to be added to you. It may not be with length of time, it's just going to be the richness of life. That's what God's going to do in Jesus' name. Particularly for those, Lord, with years, richness of life. Some of you are standing because you've made a hash of it, possibly you feel with your kids or with relationships. God, I pray that you'll restore relationships in Jesus' name. And those relationships will be the richest they've ever been in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Just keep our eyes closed. Please take your seats. Some of you have said it's too late for me to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior because you have no idea what I've done and how I've lived my life. If that's you, while every eye is closed and head is bowed, you say, Christian, would you pray for me? I want to receive the forgiveness of Jesus this morning. Just raise your hand where you are now. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else this morning? Thank you. Anybody else this morning? Just raise it high and then put it down again. Anybody else this morning? Thank you. Anybody else this morning? Father, I just pray that these precious people, if the recommitments or if the brand new decisions, I ask Heavenly Father that each and every one of them would know your forgiveness and your love. And like the thief upon the cross, they would have that absolute assurance that if they were to die today, they would be with you in paradise. We cut off the old so they can enter into the new. All the scales of blindness and darkness to be gone and light to shine and light to come into their hearts. For all the filth of sin and the shame of sin to be gone and to be washed clean through Jesus. May they receive your love. May it pour into them now. In Jesus' name we pray. And we give God praise. And we give him glory. Remember, if there's things that you can do, then go and do them. Those things that you can't do, then believe that Jesus is going to help you. And he's going to do it because he wants us to be strengthened. He wants us to be strengthened in our minds, in our hearts, in our spirits, and in our bodies.